0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEM. Thanks to Barra and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Thanks for your company for another episode of Inspiring Sports Stories, the team from Barra and O'Day because the little things are everything. Today's guest... 78 AFL games. His career, for the best part, was troubled by injury. He gave plenty back also in the game as a coach and a mentor to many current day and former AFL stars. I talk of Greg Harding, and he's been kind enough to join us in the studio. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Goss. <laughs> Good to see you.
1: Inspiring. Yeah, well, I've never, ever been No, well,
0: inspiring. you'd be surprised. Bo McDonald sat in that chair several months ago. And his story was incredibly inspiring. And uh, good for, man. He's a very good man. Hey, mate, let's go back to uh, where footy sat when you were a little boy growing up, first and foremost, before we get you to to Claremont and then to the Fremantle Football Club. But just tell us a bit about life as young Greg Harding.
1: I um, well, we grew up in Albany. Um, Yeah, mum and dad, we had a goat farm. <laughs> That's inspiring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a good story there. So mum and dad went, oh, get these Angora goats, you know. They got, you know, you sell the fleece for like $100 a kilo. It's like perfect. But then every person in the Southern Hemisphere were like got these Angora goats. And then so the price of the fleece went from $100 a kilo down to 50 cents. And like, this is like we started eating the goats. Anyway, <laughs> so that was, uh, that was our attempt at goat farming. And then, uh, yeah, I was 16 or 17, growing up, playing a bit of sport as you do, golf and cricket and tennis and all that sort of jazz and a bit of footy. And my old man was the quintessential sort of star down at Royals Footy Club. Um,
0: Everyone's got their old man was yeah, a star at the local yeah, footy club, isn't it? Every time.
1: Yeah, every time. So, yeah, <laughs> him and Dollar Panizza and Baden Harper. Remember those Who guys? Baden Harper. Yeah, so they are all the stars down at um, at Royals and winning, you know, it's the most successful club you've mm. ever seen, just wins premiership after premiership. And That's Andrew Ruck, I think, has won a couple lately. Um, So, yeah, he, he was playing down there and he was a local firefighter. Um, And then we decided to go farming out in West River, which is sort of out Ravens, um, by, um out near Kalgoorlie, and bought 10,000 acres out there. And then the old lady got cancer. Yeah, she got breast cancer, which she's now got through, and there's all, all no dramas. But she got breast cancer, so we had to move to Perth for her um, treatment, and yeah, just sort of rolled down to Claremont, and that's how I got into footy.
0: So, did you go to Claremont based on the fact is that it was from the Albany region? Did that have was that is that how the connection?
1: It was, and I was always a Claremont fan growing up. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how it happened that way because you didn't get a lot of waffle footy down in the country. You got Bugger all, actually. Who are your heroes though? Uh, back then, Wayne Blackwell. Yeah, uh, I just just loved him. Daryl Panizic because he was Albany. Yeah. Um, sort of catching the back end of the Cracker Brothers, watching them play at North, and watching the winners. It's know, a, great a, oh, a great era. Oh great era. So um, they had. So they had. Michael Mitchell. Yeah, they had yeah.
0: Uh, Doc Aitken was playing off the halfback flank. They had uh, Malaxos, Cracker Mossy was their coach, of course. Uh, Stephen Golding played through the midfield as well. One of
1: was... my favourites, Golding. Yeah. He, he was one of my favourites, and, and then. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were just an incredible era, and then I sort of watched them, you know, the late '80s and uh, when you know Jared was coaching, and sort of I was just a young kid, fourteen and fifteen, and coming up and watching them win those premierships, Mm. and they were just dominant through that era, and had some fantastic players, and uh, yeah, that's it was it was good fun when you're uh, supporting a footy club as a kid, like a six seven year old, you know, like I still remember my one of my family friends was a West Perth supporter, and every year whoever finished on top, you got a pack of smarties, you know (laughs) that sort of stuff. Yeah, I I love that. Yeah, so good. So um, yeah. So how did you go
0: when you went to Claremont? who was your Colt?
1: Did you go through Colts? I uh, went through Colts initially. It was um, uh, Mark Riley. Yeah. say So Bomber. Yeah. So this is sort of all you, It's all, tied it's in. all
0: intertwined. Yeah, your whole is. career is intertwined.
1: Well, I was a very average player. Don't get me wrong. But that's it, sort of how I ended up at free. Because I was I came up, uh, played under Bomber Riley. Phil Smart was the, oh. the the talent manager at Claremont. It's very incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phil Smart's the talent manager. Um, Mark Raleigh's coach coaching the Colts and Jared's coaching the league.
0: So, hang on. So, it's for our listeners who are listening to this, Greg Harding is our inspiring story. So, 78 gamer, Fremantle and West Coast, of course, and a successful coach as well with Swan District Football Club. And I think you went back, uh, eventually, we'll go back to this later. You went back to win a fair as the best at Claremont. But, so, Bomber Riley, Jared Neesham, Phil Smart, yourself. So you, So, there's the Claremont connection. There's the Frio connection. There's also that Swan Districts link where you end up going as well. Mm. Just, what did you hunt in packs?
1: Hunt in packs, yeah, like strength in numbers. <laughs> I and mean, when makes it hard to sack you when you have those sorts of people behind you. Very Where hard was to Percy sack Percy Johnson
0: in all of this? Oh, mate,
1: the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> On and off. But, like, he'd give you time, you know. Like, he'd give you, like, six months. Like, that's one stage he gave me six months suspension. Like, no contact whatsoever. Percy? Over, over a Oh, mate, we used to fight. Like, some of the fights we'd have. Yeah, I fought over with place. Percy. Oh, every, everyone's fought with Percy. And he'd just give you time. And, like, if you've got a week... You know, like, that was sort of standard. you got a week where he wouldn't speak to you. But, like, sometimes if it was big enough... When you, you say
0: not speak, what do you mean? Like, not like, speak. Even like, if you're in his company.
1: Oh, 100%. Wiped off the face of the earth. You, you talk to Brian Cousins and Chubby Styles and those boys, I'll tell you. Like, yeah, he was a hilarious human. One of my favourite humans I've ever met. so percent so, so unique. And so <laughs> and it was... The, like, he was so passionate and angry at times that he'd just blow up over something. And if you had... The opposite opinion, even though you were 100% right, you like if, if, you, if you wanted to press the issue, he'd just go, nah, you're out. I'm not talking to you. And we went, we, yeah, one time we went about six months and we were best mates. Like, we lived together. I, me and Percy, when I came up from Albany and I got drafted to Frio, we lived in at the at High Street, you know, where the monument is above Frio. Like, well, me and Percy lived together. We used to go to the hippie club together. Like, Percy was 65 and I was 19 and we went to the hippie club together. <laughs> and we used to hang out in Frio. Like, we were best mates. But, yeah. I
0: remember going to your house. To do a story with you, I was at Channel Ten. I'm sure Percy yeah.
1: was there then. Percy was probably there. That was with um, Stewie Anderson. Yeah, yeah, big Stewie. Stewie, yeah, North
0: Melbourne's finest. Yeah, what Gary look
1: like. Awful player.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Awful. So go back to Cle- go, go back to that Claremont. So you go there. So Bomber Riley was your Colts coach. Yep. Recall recall some of the blokes you used to rub shoulders with. Who was in your team at that time?
1: Um, yeah, like guys like Trent Carroll. Uh, we had a like that year. Like just everyone used to win. Everyone, look, like every Colts team at Claremont used to win every year. You just rock up at Colts, you win the premiership. They were just so good. But Trent Carroll and a guy called Nathan Dimick that didn't get drafted, and uh, Dean Trovarello was a very good player, played a lot of footy at East, East Perth. Uh, but we were that era. Was, was Nathan nice
0: Dimick from down Albany Way? No, I don't think he
1: was. He was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're thinking about the trotting <laughs> trainer. Trotting <But>, um, <laughs> trainer. Yeah, no, the, the, we we just had such good pl- players, and um, and it was a really good era of sort of. Youth football, so it was it did was fantastic. You,
0: did you start to get the vibe then that you know, as much as you know, you, you you got around and you did all the other sports as a kid growing up? Did you find that through your Colts time that you had aspirations, first of all, to play league football, and then possibly get onto an AFL list?
1: No, not at the time, like at all. I was just playing footy. You know, it was pretty pure at that. Oh, you good at what position? Uh, I was always really t- tiny and skinny. <laughs> Very different than now when I'm fat. Uh, but I was really skinny and real sick kid. I used to get glandular fever and like tonsillitis and stuff like that. So I was a real little kid. So I used to play Rover. right? And then I had my tonsils out in year 12 and I just literally grew like seven or eight inches. Like I was literally like took it out, but healthy and grew. And then... I remember that one day, like Jared was a very gruff man. You know, he's like a very opinionated, very, very arrogant. He's straight know,
0: out of the Percy Johnson 100%. handbook.
1: <laughs> but the best coach I ever had, like superstar, like so smart. Uh, and this one day, I I remember I was at Claremont Oval and it was at the end of a game and I reckon I'd had it 40 times and Dean Troverello used to get it 60. Like he was a freak. Dean Troverello. Yeah, look at you go with the Um names. Yeah, and we played this game. Come off, had 40. Going, I'm going alright. And Jared just comes over to me. He goes, you don't defend, kid. You just don't defend like ever. So he goes, you can play halfback. And he put me in halfback in the Colts game and I never moved afterwards. He played me halfback from that point on. Um, And then because he had a bit of interest, that was the only reason I got on the list is because he had a bit of interest in me as a kid in the Colts.
0: It was ahead of his time then because halfback has been the launch pad position for a lot of footballers for that very reason. Just Mm. just get the feel for what it's like to actually play on someone and to stop someone going the other way. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, he was doing that to you as a Colts footballer back in what? Yeah, eighties, yeah. no, nineties.
1: Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, early, early nineties, ninety yeah. 93. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was grabbing me, um, and then yeah, he, he was, he was so far ahead of his time, and and then that sort of led into his back half when we were sort of going really well as a back half, and th- just that ability to to demand attacking flair off half back, you know. So we'd have Dale Kickett and Scott Chisholm, who we'd never see. You know, and then it would be me and Anthony Jones and Stephen O'Reilly sitting back, <laughs> defending six of them. But off went Cheese and off went Dale, and they attacked, and he they drew them high, and 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 we sort of were the, the more the the stay-at-home defenders. But that that ability to test um, opposition forward halves with offensive run-off halfback, he created all that.
0: He certainly did. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you more about you about Jared Neesham and that was the so-called water polo style, which I sort of understood but didn't understand. But you were at the coalface of it as a footballer. Greg Harding is our guest. Inspiring sports stories, thanks to Bower and O'Day. So as an overview, before we get your draft, and we'll talk more about that in a moment, um, growing up when the Fremantle Football Club was launched in 94, of course, tell us a bit about um, who you barracked for VFL, AFL was growing up as a
1: kid. Yeah, so initially I barracked for Geelong. Um, and that was my favourite player, was Mark Bairstow. Yeah, so I loved Mark Bairstow. He was a country boy. He came from not far away from us. Yeah, Lake Grace, was like he? Lake Grace or Wagen or that one? Lake way. Grace Wagen. Yeah, so I grew up barracking for him, and then when West Coast came in, um, yeah, jumped, jumped shit. And who
0: were you? I uh, went, yeah. yeah, went to West Coast. Yeah,
1: I went to West Coast. camp I was a camp man. Oh, material, sorry. Jack, yeah, no, nah, but Kemp, Dean Kemp was my favourite player of all time.
0: I think it's a lot of people's favourite
1: player, Dean Kemp. He's just such a legend fellow. Once, yeah. once we got there, and yeah. it was one of the when I, when I sort of jumped across, jumped ship and went to West Coast, it was one of the greatest highlights of my life. Was that moment where I walked in and could you know yeah. catch up with Kempy and Jacko and Roo and all that? <laughs> that was amazing. I remember my first game was in a derby, it was. and like. Got pumped, like we always did. but And then just at the end of the game, I just remember running around, like, shaking, like there's Wooshar, there's like just shaking hands.
0: Is that you, right? Oh,
1: yeah, because like you watched them for so long. And you know, I was so excited to actually meet those guys that I'd supported I'd for, and followed through a couple of premierships and, yeah, all that sort of stuff. More so on that exciting.
0: in a moment. It is a good story. Greg Harding is our guest. And, and of course, we're going to talk also about... The surgery, because you, you you kept many a surgeon in business. We'll get to the amount of surgeries and what those surgeries were. Inspiring sports stories, thanks to Baron O'Day, because the little things are everything. 78, Gamer, but it is a remarkable story. Greg Harding is our guest, and we'll take a break and come back and get him drafted. And, well, I think you're ahead of your time in regards to joining the Fremantle Football Club. We'll explain to our listeners next. This is Inspiring Sports Stories, thanks to Baron O'Day, because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEN. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. One of the great storytellers of all time on the good fellows of football over in the West. Inspiring sports stories. Thanks to Bower and O'Day because the little things are everything. Greg Harding is our guest. Do you recall this day?
1: It's my great pleasure on behalf of the board of the Fremantle Football Club, on behalf of the West Australian Football Commission and the Australian Football Commission to introduce you to the
0: Fremantle Dockers. So that was Ross Kelly. Who yep. I think was the chairman of the WA Footy Commission Great at man. the time. Yep. And uh, went on to be a, a major part of the launch of the Fremantle Football Club. You came running out. I did. You were part of, <laughs> of the official opening of the Fremantle yeah. Football Club. You mentioned Trent Carroll before, TC. He was there. He had the green shorts on you were a model. You were the jumper model. model.
1: That was a Claremont Colts, and we ran out and they had a huge function and tables and dinners and we ran out. And we had to run out, and our job was we had to run to a table and stand there, and all the old biddies were grabbing your jumper. Oh, look at that jumper. <laughs> <laughs> we are all out the back. I, I was about 70 kilos wringing wet, mate, 100%. And we were all out there doing push-ups because we had to run out in our jumpers. And, like, oh, I've got these skinny little arms. I'm looking at Trent. Trent was a monster. Shit, so we are all doing push-ups. We were so <laughs> nervous. Run out, and then we stood there for five minutes. they look at the jumper and hold it, and then we stood up on stage, and everyone looked at the jumper, and then out came Jared and made his speech, and off we went. And that was the first introduction to freer.
0: And you, but you were a rusted on Eagles man
1: at the time, though. I, would I was, yeah. Still, still Eagles at that time, yeah, yeah. hadn't hadn't flipped.
0: Did you know that they were called the Fremantle Dockers when you were out in the back?
1: Yeah, so yeah. You and you knew everything. Oh, it was on the was Oh, on yeah, the of jumper.
0: course it was. Of course it was. I was on of the jumper,
1: and you had Yakker across the back. It was sponsored by Yakker. Colors. Yeah, the the colors? I, I don't think we ran out in the purple, though, did we? Ran no, out in the green, green, with green the, red, the, white. Yeah, that, that was the worst free jumper ever. Really? That was awful. That jumper. The away jumper really was disgusting. It was nearly as bad as our life. Have, have you ever seen our parasilk um, yeah. tracksuits yeah. Yeah, yeah, we wore yeah. early?
0: But, but they're retro, mate. You get those now.
1: No, they were putrid.
0: Yeah. Well, TC, I've seen the photos. TC, drink mm. Carroll was standing there in the green. He had the yeah. full green kit on. I'm had pretty sure at the green too. He had the, green, the green shorts. <laughs> <It's> horrible. <laughs> but what about that, though? I mean, that, that was the launch of an AFL club. Yeah. And, and for me, when I look back, and for you, you can look back uh, uh, over time and go, the official day that they were launched,
1: mm. Who were that there? was it. Yeah. Look, I've done some real, like, I sort of look back now and go, I've done some real weird stuff, real fun stuff that is weird and just will never happen again. That was
0: was you mentioned Traverello before. I think Traverello
1: would have been there. Yeah, 100% he would have been there. The guys like Gavin Malentis and, yeah, um, <laughs> Lee Kirk and, yeah, just all these. Um, How cool. These, it was so cool. It was, yeah, looking back now, it was so cool. It was so exciting.
0: And it wasn't that long later you get drafted.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, they played 95 and what they had um, they had this squad and myself and Michael Clark, Dunny's boy, and, mm. and uh, James Clement and Mark Gale, and all these different people. We're just training in this squad. And we are just train at South Fremantle. It was about 50 kids from all over the Waffle Clubs because they had the priority pick. And then just at the end of it, they 95 had finished. I reckon we were training in November. And I can't even remember. I don't think it was even Jared. Jared, was someone just walked across and goes, Oh, you'd pop up the senior training next week. And you just next thing it was like just a lock of Fremantle priority pick, and I was on their list.
0: Yeah, so you were you were pick fourteen in the ninety five pre draft selection draft yeah. by Fremantle. You were taken out um, from Clare, from from Claremont as a zone selection. Yeah. Uh, so that's almost like well that's what we see now with the academy of Gold Coast and and and, and New South Wales.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, we've been training that whole year 95. So that was pretty exciting as well because you got a pair of socks and a pair of shorts and a singlet and it was it was pretty exciting
0: because you were in Did a, you go around telling people that you're Oh shit, yeah. An AFL player <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Mate, when you got Didn't a head like mine.
1: Yeah, when you got a head mine, you <laughs> need to use anything you can possibly can. And um, yeah, 100%. Like wore it like I was going to, what would that have been? Yeah, I would have been first year of uni. So I was probably wearing it at uni at UWA. What, what were you studying? Uh, human movement. Yeah, human did you, movement. Did you finish that all the way through? Yeah, yeah, yeah did I you did. Really? That's a pretty good story as well because I, I did the first well, year. Or will be the judge time. whether it's a
0: good
1: story or oh, It actually involves Nizzy. Nizzy. Nizzy made me do it. Yeah. How? Well, my first year, I did full-time, three-year course, right? But then because I was playing footy, and that was sort of the start when it went more professional. So, and they changed training to mid at the middle of the day and all that sort of stuff. We didn't train at 5.30. So the next two years took me nine years. And I got kicked out a couple of times because I failed. I failed by mechanics and... Because I was copying off my now wife Chelsea, and she failed it. So because she failed it, I failed it. Because I was copying off her. Anyway, so I got kicked out. Oh, was, the husband and wife yeah, yeah, cheating yeah, for Yeah, dirty. yeah, yeah. It was a fiasco. But yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, I got kicked out because I was only doing a couple of units. You know, so if you failed half, you if you failed one of them, you got kicked out for failing half year. Your, your and he so says it took me nine years. Didn't was, bother me, mate. No, school no. was done. No, school was done. Last day of high yeah, school. Out. I
0: was never going to go back.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when when I got when I came off the list because I had a year to go on my contract and is he, it's a long story, but Nizzy literally went, I'll look after you. I'll take your last year contract and break it up so you can work out what you want to do. And he so goes, when you got delisted
0: go by West Coast?
1: I wasn't delisted as such, which is, you know, I'm not defending it, but I had a year to go on my contract, and I had an ankle reconstruction. Correct. And, and I just they they screwed everything on the inside of my ankle, and it just didn't work. They pulled me up too tight. I look, couldn't walk. Like, I walked down the aisle at my wedding in 2002, couldn't walk. And I went in there, sat with Rod Moore, who's now... Passed away unfortunately, mm. Mm. and sat with Woosha and sat with um uh, with Trevor Nisbet, and they said you're done, and I went yep, I'm I'm cooked, can't go. I couldn't even run. This was coming into the draft time. Um, this is when Nico and Nat got on the list yep. that year. So I saw always claim oh, I was Nikoski or one of those good <laughs> ones. Was it? So, and and I, I said, yeah, look, i agree. I can't go that last year. And so Nizzy goes, well, you're doing the right thing by us, by freeing up that spot. Yeah. So he goes, I'll take the last
0: Because you could have stayed on
1: the list and just... Yeah, sucked in my... And I was back-ended too. And it wasn't any game, match payments. That was when it was, it was fir- one of the first contracts that you signed. It was just a flat rate. Yep. But I was all back-ended. And Nizzy goes, look, I'll take that back... And then he goes, I'll pay you for the next three years, a sum of money. I won't say what it was, but he was really, really good to me. And he goes, You work out what you want to do. Because I want you to finish uni. I want you to find out what you want to do. If you want to work in sales, work in sales. If you finish uni, you can work with strength and conditioning. If you want to do uh, your real estate course, just go and do it. And he did that for me. And, I, and I, yeah, wicked, mate. Oh, look, he's one of the, the best people and best administrators of all time. 100%. I, I will never, ever. 100%. And all this, the, the heat he was under. Just uneducated fools, like back at, you know, back. I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. So uh, let's go. So that's the end. Let's go yep. back. You play. Sorry, you, mate. no, Good no, I'm happy. End. No, no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> mate, that's what the, that's what it is. You, you drive it. Your debut is in a. So, so you go down and you you you're on an AFL list proper now. So you're you're wearing the big boy pants, right? Yep. You play in a derby in your first game. You get beat. Pretty low scoring contest. And you you mentioned that at the end of the game you're running around trying to shake hands with the opposition because mm-hmm. they were your heroes. What was that like? Just 33,000 fans, you know, the boy from Albany via West River to Claremont and stuff. What was that like to play in that game, being a derby against your heroes and with some very good footballers at
1: Fremantle? Yeah, it was just one of those, you know, that terminology, that baptism of fire, it felt like that. You know, I remember sitting there and I started on the bench um, and I'm just looking at this stadium that's full (laughs) of people going, yeah, there's no Angora goats here. This is different. (laughs) This is definitely different, and I'm just watching. I've, I've got Woosher over here on on Winnie Abraham, and he's grabbing Winnie's fat, and he's like just grabbing, his, and he's just wrenching it. And Winnie's screaming, and he's just trying to run away from him because Wusher just just tried to dominate. So that us was just did. big boys beating no. up. they they just dominated us physically, and they and you talk to them now, and they go like we always said, we're just going to bash the living crap out of them <laughs> and their kids, and they won't be able to handle it. And then and that's where they had us for nine straight derbies. That, that's what they have. So
0: you're it. sitting there. What about when you actually run on the ground? Can you can yep. you recall running on the ground?
1: I remember Phil Gilbert like doing an ankle, big ankle broke his ankle in the first five minutes, and I went, Oh, that's that'll be me. You know, and then I just ran on, went straight down to Donnelly, and just just absolutely crapping my dacks. And in the lead up, <laughs> I got that mate, this is actually a true story. Um I'd actually got the yips really bad. Like Jared rated my decision making, but I was a poor I thought I was a poor kick, I was a double handed drop. For the most part, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, wasn't classical. A kick it, I K, like sort of off a step. So he made me kick in, and all pre-season I got the yips on the kick-ins to the point where he one day he just came down, ripped the ball out of my hand, and goes, go sit over there. I'm sick of watching you do this. Wow. Yeah. So, and this is in front of everyone. And so um, as I'm running on, he gets the phone. He goes, take kick-ins. And I'm like, mate, I don't, I literally, I literally can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I went on, and i go on, and I've got people going everywhere. That's I can still recall. I've got a good memory for, it like. All my touches in games. Like I still recall games, and it's a bit weird. But um, yeah, and I remember going, everything going, and she's going that way. And you know,
0: was there a plan? Was there a, was there a kick yeah, in plan? My, yeah,
1: yeah, there was there was a plan, and the plan was to be as aggressive as you possibly can. Like, you'd, like Jared wasn't for going slow. So if you could rip it up the middle to something that was 50-50, fifty fifty, you go, yeah, take it. So he didn't like my negativity when I kicked in, because I didn't like turning it over. <laughs> and so I, was, I still remember it. You know, players going everywhere, and everything's in your vision. And I saw David Hines real deep. Like and I went, "That's me, perfect." And I ripped it as far as I can, and David sat on this guy's head of camera. I can't recall who it was, and he caught it. And that was like that was almost the point where I went, "Oh, that's that actually worked." You know, like I've had my first kick. It's hit a target. You know, beautiful. And that that moment sort of gave me confidence that I could actually play at the level. That one moment of just being so far out of my depth, but something fluky coming off and giving you a bit of confidence.
0: Nice work. Hey, we're going to take a break and come back and we'll talk more about your career and then we'll go into coaching and, and horses as well because you've been involved in uh, harness racing and obviously uh, also with the Gallops and also some names of young men that you had a lot to do with in regards to their AFL journey. It's Greg Harding is our guest. 78 gamer, but it's more than that. It is an inspiring story and he's a great storyteller. Thanks to Baron O'Day because the little things are riveting. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEN. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Greg Harding, our guest. Thanks to Bower and O'Day because the little things are everything from Fremantle West Coast. Coach the Swan Districts, went back to Claremont and uh, involved in uh, harness racing as well. And now in now in mining because <laughs> everyone's in mining. Hey, you were um, the 96 AFL Rising Star class. Ben Cousins won it. The nominations were Primus, Bandy, Luke Darcy. This is embarrassing. Don't keep going. I'm going to keep going. It's one of the greatest years. One of the best years. Adam Simpson, Shannon Grant, Jared Schofield, Chicky, Adam Uzay, Kingsley Hunter, Kinga, Stephen King, Chad Morrison, Peter Bell, Matthew Lloyd, Jeff Farmer, and Greg Harding.
1: Good, good group. Surprisingly, I didn't poll a vote in the voting. Did you go to the?
0: Yeah.
1: did you go to the award? So good. Yeah, because there were seven Fremantle players in it. Yeah, there six or seven of us, and we they put us up at Crown, and we had a big function, and they had the vote count. So, Cuz just got three, two, one, but got it all. Like, you, know, every, you know, and the second is, well, we don't have second because no one got a vote. It was just Cuzz got a thousand votes. So, but we,
0: uh, pardon me, we um. You got nominated yeah, round four. Cuz he wasn't nominated till round twelve. I
1: know. Uh, I know. I, that, I got that delivery missed. Greg, Greg Williams, I played on that day. Okay. Had a great day. Yeah. You I had a good game. Of, oh game? yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. One of the best.
0: Uh, well, what did you do on that day? Well, I think you had. Um, I
1: reckon I had twenty three off half back playing on Greg Williams. Nice. But I had a he, he had a broken arm. I remember you used to big thing? So he was cooked, right? And like yeah, and Jared this day I just yeah I just sniffed a bit of blood.
0: Why um, did you start thirty two? And is that because Brad Rowe had three and you wanted three? Um, Brad Rowe then uh, left. Didn't I he?
1: think it's like... All the good players wear low numbers, don't they? All the good players.
0: Yeah, well, what, did you end up much, what did you have, 32? Yeah,
1: well, I started in 32, and then the opportunity came to have three. <laughs> and I had it because, like, every kid wants to play in the low number. Yeah. That's the only reason. And it was there, and Bradrow left, and, and then, yeah, it was there, and I'd had an okay year that first year. It's and funny because
0: I, it. I only remember you as 32. What did you wear at West Coast?
1: So I only had 32 first year. and then Yeah, and then well, I, I just I, remember I took 32. Mitchell's, I took Mitchell's uh, number, 12, Mitchell White. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So played in that very, very poorly, mind you.
0: No, I don't know about that. You played nine Nine games games, games at West Coast. You didn't play in a single win. Zero wins. Greg Clark. That's
1: Greg Clark's Yeah, we had the record. We were up to like 24 games. We were chasing down the the most losses by a duo of Greg's at a club. That was was over Twitter. I saw that. Got bagged incessantly over that. You and
0: Greg Clark never played in a winning game at West
1: Coast? Never.
0: He won number 12. Did he? Greg Clark won 12, didn't he? Or 39? 39? Twelve at Snooby, I think he might yeah. have
1: been. Yeah. Very unsuccessful, poor Greg Clark and I. Greg
0: Clark, good player.
1: Yeah. So Closest yeah. I ever got was about 46 points against the Western Bulldogs. Uh, uh, there was a like lot, 400 point losses in that. Who
0: Who was your coach? Judgy. Like loved me, me. Yeah. Loved me. I love Ken Judge too. He's he was coach. a beauty. Wow. Yeah. That was an unsuccessful time for you then. Horrific.
1: <laughs> Horrific. And my last game was one of the funniest things I've ever been oh, involved here in. Oh, there we go. You want
0: to on here? Oh yeah.
1: So Judgy knows he's getting the sword, right? And I'm cooked, like I've done my sydnessmosis. Yeah. And I was getting no, – there's no ball. I'd get a jab before the game. I'd get a jab. If they get in the wrong spot, I'd have a jab at quarter time. I'd have a jab at half time and have a quarter zone after That's the game. That's terrible. Mate, I was getting, like, loaded up. Anyway, so the, my foot would take longer and longer to come back and feel it. So I'd be on, on the crutches after a game. Anyway, I just got to the point where I couldn't play. But Judge, he knows he's getting the sack, all right? So he comes to me, and we met near the pool, the old subie oval, all yeah. right? Yeah, 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 walking in, he goes – oh. He goes, I'm just going to play the blokes I like. He goes, I said, Judge, you can't play. He goes, I'm no good. He goes, no, I'll look after you. He goes, I'll play, I'll play you. That, you know that fat bloke, Stewie Jew. I'll play you on him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sweet. So we get on the plane, go to Amy Stadium. Right? And I'm proper cooked. I ran off halfback, got a, I reckon I had four touches. My first touch, I ran off halfback. I saw Ash McIntosh come out of full forward and I ripped one, laced it. He ripped his hamstring off the bone, never to play again. right? And Stewie Jew played midfield and I played the first half on Sean Burgoyne. Right? And he kicked about six. And in the second half, I played on Gavin Wanganine. And we lost by 130, I reckon. That was my memory of my last
0: game. You lost by 112. <laughs> you were down by 100 at three-quarter time. Yeah, correct. In that game... I reckon I had four. So in that game, you played with Brawny, Cal Chambers, Mickey Colica, mm. Cuzzy. Dean Cox had one handball.
1: Yep. Did I have four?
0: You had four. <laughs> Embers, Chaddy Fletcher, Gardy, Darren Glass, Casey Green, one of the all-time good fellas, yourself... Legend. David Haynes, Jeremy Hum, Jacko, Roe Jones, now on the board. Peter and Phil Matira, Ash McIntosh. Oh yeah, they didn't get me.
1: How good the teams out on paper, apart from me.
0: And I mean, yeah, Choco Miranda, love Mark Miranda, Richard Taylor. So there's another one of Judgy's boys he got over. Yep. Andrew Williams, who went on to Collingwood, and uh, the big uh, human cannibal, Troy Wilson.
1: Yeah, it's not the bad worst side.
0: No, well you were pretty bad.
1: Oh, there's twelve blokes that could play a bit. No, but they're oh, no, old. But On that, they were really old.
0: Ben Cousins on that day had thirty nine.
1: Mm. He, I know people talk about him a lot, but I've never seen anyone do what he did on games of footy in terms of hurting himself.
0: So so the move to West Coast, there was a swap. Daniel Metropolis, was that the Heinze, the Heinze trade? Was that the nah, same one? But you it was swap, only Daniel on a pick, I reckon. Okay. yeah. So tell us a bit about going to West Coast. Again, Again, you you speak glowingly about your time at West Coast, mm. even though you didn't plan to win, but won the way Nizzy looked after you. You love Judgy. You're playing with a few of your idols. Mm. Were you glad to go there?
1: I was because I hated Damien Drumm. And he hated me. So it was mutual perfect, right? So he um, I thought he was an absolute imbecile and one of the dumbest coaches I've ever had in my life. And a he weird, might be hearing and a, this. I hope he does. He was a weirdo. And look, he would say the same thing about me. Get him on. He'd go, <laughs> he'd say the same thing. And look, I wasn't very good. And I, I'd started to get banged up and I'd gone from being an average player to Dunder Klumpen by this stage. So he was probably right. But yeah, West Coast were amazing. They came and gave me, it was like a lotto ticket then for me, mate, to be fair. Like they come and give you three years flat you know, I'd come off nine games or eight games a year before injured. And they go, there's three years, mate, and you don't have to play a game to get it. So, like, literally, per game, like, they paid me, like, 70 grand a game. I paid nine games in the end. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, wow. And at the time, Kemp, Matera Jackovic, all the guys that I loved... Were there? Yeah, yeah. Bluey was there. I don't know if he was a player, but he was definitely there as a coach. Um, from memory, so all these guys I love. Like, I reckon if Kent was my favourite, McKenna was my second favourite. You finished working
0: there. at West Coast, and you were you the yeah.
1: not the were you the runner? I worked because when I finished my uni that year, that first year, yeah. Then I didn't like the sales and the marketing yeah. stuff. Didn't like it. They didn't really like the um, real which estate is what you're in stuff, now. which I'm in now. yeah. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> didn't like What's the real it? estate stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, they they got this. Um, what was his name? Stewie. Uh, yeah, da, 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 yeah, You know, no, little little Stewie yeah, came across took yeah. over and turned out. Cormac? Stewie Cormack, yeah. yeah. And very astute, one of the smartest men I've ever met, mm. and he'd just taken over the strength and conditioning um, and was turning these boys into weapons, like absolute weapons. Never seen training like it. Just completely revolutionised the way they train and shortened them up and, yeah, you know, changed the direction. And, this
0: is Wush's era, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: Woosh's era. Mm. Um, and then, so I had that first year, and then the second year, I was, you know, me and um, Jufa did the did the running, and then I just helped out Stewie. How did you go
0: running for a bloke that... Career ended because
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't run. I mean, you couldn't move. <laughs> it was it was a funny story. I actually uh, was walking the dog off uh, Canning Highway on one day, stepped on a rock, and I ripped off all the insertions on the reconstruction. Oh, no. So that's when I went back to Claremont because I wasn't going to play. Yeah. And then I ripped it all off, and it went back to the way it was, which was cooked, but wasn't. I could still play, and yeah, that's when yeah, I went yeah. back to Claremont. Um, so yeah, I could you run. You
0: and best at Claremont, didn't you? When you went yeah,
1: back? but it was false. We had a lot of injuries, and um, and Billy loved me. And it was one of those ones where you get a vote just for playing. Those was one of those crappy systems. So everyone fell over, but I'd get my two out of five or whatever it was every game. <laughs> and and it was like... I think you don't it,
0: give yourself enough credit. No, no. You talk as though
1: you couldn't no, play. It was Stephen Bradbury, mate. Because it was Stephen <laughs> Bradbury of the waffle. It was. Because we had some good players. AJ was there. You had um, um, oh, Jackson Crabb blew a knee early. Yeah. Um, Brad Weir was back there playing and Jason Norris was back there playing. And they all sort of had their moments when yep. they had five or six games off. And I just potted around in the back pocket, played every game. And Brad Weir yeah, fell over well, there.
0: Well done. You won a fairest invest best there. Um, so you, you, your, your career's over. Your, your, your waffle career's over. I, I want to touch on your, your coaching career. You, you did coach a lot of fine talent at, at, yep. Football Club, at, at Swan District Football mm. Club. You must. That must give you so much heart to see some of the careers that have been forged out of coming out of that group.
1: Yeah, I've loved it, to be fair. without that, Yeah, I've, I've actually loved it. To, to watch Coniglio get to 200 and do what he's done and captain Broad's city club. Flags. The Brodie story is incredible, given where he... Took himself from the, at the back end of sort of 2013, and one of the biggest lads you've ever seen in your life. Like that story is incredible. And now he's married to Sunny sonny Instagram. Walters, Sonny Walters, you know, Sam, like Sam Taylor to watch. You know, look, these, these guys, Lob, Charlie lo- Cameron, lobby. he's one of yours, yeah. Charlie's uh, one of ours. Like the was that Nui one of yours? No, yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll claim him. <laughs> no, no, he was, here, but he, he was, I coached him a little bit in '08.
0: Did I coach against you?
1: Yeah, yeah, we coached against each other a lot, two years, '08, '09. You coach
0: 'o nine? No, I reckon I was done.
1: No, oh wait, must have been. Yeah. But yeah, we had a that side was incredible. The side we had, yeah. you know, and you had a your boys were yeah, okay. good. Your, your boy was good.
0: Drafted, yeah. Even to my two years, Daniel yeah. Rich was my boy.
1: Yeah, he was your boy.
0: When I, when I, when, I, when all else failed, I'd say, what do I do next, Daniel? a yeah. <laughs> seventeen-year-old yeah. telling me how to coach.
1: Yeah, but I look back now and like the oh eight, o nine, o seven. You know, yeah. like when you're looking at Rance and Adam Did and you take over from, from Johnny Larito? No, I took over from Chad Morrison. Mumbles. Mumbles won a premiership. Oh this is another story. When wins the premiership, I walk into Brendan Parker's office who was a footy manager. I'm like he's going, Oh, we want you to coach the Colts next year. I've been coaching at Wesley Curtin for a year or two. And he goes, I want you to do the Colts. I go, Yeah, I'd love to do it. Yeah, sweet. I'm living in the area, perfect. And Mumbles walks in and he goes, G'day stiff, how you going? Okay, go, okay, mate. He goes, um, Brendan, when are we starting training? They hadn't even sacked Mumbles. And I and I knew Mumbles, I played with them. I'm going, Mate, like, this is horrific.
0: Yeah, it's a true story. He's another good fella. He's uh, yeah, he's still involved in footy, which is great. Hey, we're going to take a break and come back. We'll talk about life after footy uh, through your, your coaching time. You you were a premiership coach at Colts in two thousand and eight. Uh, you got them finals in 2009 and 10, of course, and you also as a lead coach at Swan Districts as well. A break. We'll come back. Talk about horses. Talk about mining. Talk about life post-footy with Greg Harding. This is the Inspiring Sports Stories. Hope you're having as much fun as I am listening to this. This could go for hours. Thanks to it, today because the little things are everything. This is Inspiring Sports Stories with Tim Gossage on SEM. Thanks to Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Greg Harding is our guest for this episode of Inspiring Sport Stories. If you didn't know Greg before, I hope you've enjoyed the last three segments because he provides many a laugh and not a more honest person you want to meet. Okay, footy's over. Why? What, what was your fallout with footy? You're just not happy with the way footy was running?
1: Yeah, I hate, I hate the way it's run. Look, I really do. It's just run You love by the game? I, still love the game. I hate where they've taken it. Yep. I hate where they've taken it. I'm like a pr- pretty disillusioned with the way junior footy's getting run, mate. Really disillusioned. We're just. Scotty barking. Cummings
0: agrees with you.
1: Oh mate, if you go down to junior footy, like it's a it's a horrible. It's a, like in my it's my opinion.
0: What's the one thing that stands out that you don't like?
1: Um, the inability for our hierarchy to understand that coaching is the way to actually provide the product that our kids can improve in and stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't do that. So the the coach controls everything, like player behaviour, um, the parent behaviour. As, as well and they run the whole lot, they, they drive the game day environment and we give our junior coaches no support. As I said, the coach the coach drives game day environment and we don't give those coaches any support. In fact, we put so much pressure on our coaches and our volunteers to come up with all our different days and you've got to wear this bib and you've got to put this tent up and we're worried about the the, the administration side of the game. And we're not driving what keeps kids in the game, which is making them improve and improve their skills. And if they're competent at something, they'll stay in it. But we're not attacking and and making our coaches better and therefore our kids are suffering for it. So coaches are
0: wasting too much time on not coaching? On everything else.
1: Yeah, on everything else. They've got laptops for rotations, Tim. And so the coaches are worrying about rotations and um, how much time kids are getting and, and, and so forth. Um, and they're not looking at the game and finding ways to actually improve those kids. So, um, no, nah, it's a horrible setup. We're barking up the wrong tree. Scotty's um,
0: biggest beef, Scotty Cummings' biggest beef is it's not 18 on 18. It's now sort of it's an abridged version. It's 16 on 16. There's even thoughts of 14 on 14. That's because we've
1: got no numbers, mate. And everyone will tell you, oh, we've got great numbers. We've only got good numbers because a lot of girls are playing. Youth male football is in an incredible decline for numbers. Um, the, the the dropout rate from year three to year four, mate, is 40%. 40% from one year to the next. And that's because what kid plays footy when they feel... So, as a kid, you know if you're good at something, right? And if you feel like confronted by what you're doing because you can't pick up a ball or you can't handle or you can't kick or whatever, you're not going to play. And mum and dad that's sitting at Calamunda. Right, where it's one degree on a Friday night and then look at their kid and go, that kid, oh, this is embarrassing. My kid can't play. They're going, what are we doing here? Let's go to a a basketball stadium where it's over in 40 minutes, where I can have a coffee in the warm, sit in a nice chair, talk to my girlfriends, and my kid can catch a round ball because it's easy. Every kid can catch a round ball. Every kid can bounce it. Our game is really, really hard to play. We're not getting our coaches to coach our kids properly so they're competent at it. Plus the volume of ball handling is so low because all our kids mm. do is put their head in their phone or head in their, their mm. electronic device. They don't, they're don't. they not out kicking the footy or playing cricket. So we've got these all these converging waves that is turning our game upside down and no one's doing anything about it. And it's coaching that's going to get us out of the hole we're in and drive participation and retention and all those sorts of things. We don't have enough people, enough footy people involved across Australia mm. that understand it and have the knowledge to actually help fix it.
0: Well, you straighten that up very quickly.
1: Oh, it's easy to fix. It's easy to fix because you get all the old blokes back involved. And are you going and, to be in involved class. at Swan Districts? In doing that.
0: Or just be involved w- at. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. want to go back because yeah. you've been away from footy for a little while.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I coached the Twos last year for Pruey because Pruitt's been the best majors yeah. coach in the league. And I coached the twos but what about
0: week. lower. Are you
1: going to. Oh, no, you couldn't do it. You can't do it to yourself. Okay. You can't do it. But if you like,
0: have that attitude, then nothing gets fixed.
1: Well, I've tried to fix it for 10 years in my gotcha. role as gotcha. talent manager. Gotcha. And, I, and it gets to the point where you can bang your head against the wall so many times and you get um, you get treated but largely as an outcast because you've got an opinion about how to fix it. Or
0: horses? You're harness racing em. horses? Yeah, you're a harness racing man for a long time, uh, of course. And your lovely wife uh, was a harness racing trainer and you were you know, had some really nice horses. Mm. And uh, I know you're still just some of your old boys yep. out there. Have you got a horse out that yours is over 20?
1: Yeah, Aussie Attack. Aussie Attack. Aussie Attack was our first horse. He was a he was a big bully. He yeah. was a ripper, and he we bought him for ten grand. He won about hundred and thirty. Yeah, yeah. He Still was going. a ripper. He was a weapon. Still going. He's about twenty seven, twenty eight. 28. Yeah. What's he doing? Uh, just cruising around eating grass. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a, and like, oh, I love this horse with a passion. He's my favorite, and he hates me. As if I stand next to his feed bin, he'll just headbutt me and get me, like he just hates me, mm. and it breaks my heart. But anyway. <laughs> Plenty more horses.
0: Um, um, Why, I mean, obviously Chelsea was a a very good trainer in her time. I know she's gone back into the education system. But um, you you loved it, didn't you? You loved Mm. the trots and, you know, you you were always there and your core group of family has a lot to do with harness racing as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Chelsea's dad was a big bookmaker Mm. over here. Mm. Um, Ross Cooper. Scary he was. Um, Yeah. He
0: was scary as a bookmaker.
1: Yeah, especially when he lost. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It was Fred's man. Yeah. When Kersley was at his best.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. But like he Kinsley uh...
0: Sanford, Donnie Martin used to write uh uh Donnie Hatz um Hats Donny,
1: um, what was his Brayman? name? Lucky, yeah, Lucky I Lu- yeah, love Brett,
0: Brett Linton. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. No, I talk great to Brett talks. all the time. Great, they're good people. Great, like, people. Great, great, And Bookmaking was bookmaking. Yeah, it was good stories. Yeah, wicked stories.
0: So, um, and then and you've still got some gallopers now.
1: Yeah, I've got four or five. Yeah. Yep. got um, got one with um a young bloke called Ray Vincent. Yep, um, a, a stayer, and then uh, got three or four with a heap of mates with Tiana Robertson, who does a a great job. She does, does a great a, job. Does a, and just at the moment we're just going through an amazing little run. I think, you know, I've got, well, I think we've got four with her and three of them are last start winners and the other one, one, two starts back. So we're just going through a little, little golden run at the moment. Well, you can't so make a
0: fortune out of owning horses. It's more of a passion no. than a return on investment. But you are in CEA. You're in sales. Correct. It looks like a mining shirt to me.
1: It is a mining shirt, mate. So what do you it's sell? Construction Equipment Australia. Oh, if CEO. anyone needs a generator or a light tower or a compressor... <laughs> Call me because I, I, I couldn't C-E-A. hook them up. Who and, and who would who would believe it? I know nothing about these machines. I know that they push out air or energy or a light, and and mining companies need all of that. Um, so yeah, now I know a bit about it. Now I've been in it about two years, so um, That's and loved cool. it. Loved it. Yeah, loved it. It's just yeah, should have done it a while back. Where...
0: last one for you. Do you still go to the footy? Do you watch the AFL at all? Do you have what's your passion for and. From our chat, as much as you played a lot at Fremantle, I've got a sneaking suspicion you still might be an Eagles fan. <laughs> no, no, I'm actually,
1: I actually am a, a hard, hard nosed Fremantle man. Yeah. Like, yeah, hard nosed. Um, and, uh, but yeah, still got a soft spot for West Coast because of how they treated me. Um, but it's yeah, good I, to hear. I, I couldn't possibly go to the footy. I like just to listen to the imbeciles calling out irrelevant crap on the sidelines. I can't do What about with it. your
0: mate? What about with all those blokes you played with? Do You go nah. into corporate boxes. No, nah, they're the and... same.
1: Have you ever been to the footy and sat in the outer no, and listened I to the public? Do no, no, I you... don't do the public no, very well. You can't do it. No, no. Well, that's that's what, It's like. Cover two like box or nothing footy. for me. Yeah, we're talking about junior footy. You can't go to a junior footy game and <laughs> sit on centre wing where everyone sits and listen to the lunacy. You can't do it. Or go to Optus and sit yeah, with 60, on 60000 wing. But it riles
0: you. It riles you because you, you, always, you don't hold back. You've got Percy Johnson coming out of, yours, <laughs> out I of your. I can tell that bit.
1: He's reincarnated. But, uh, yeah, no, no, it's great. It's great that they love it. I just can't do it. it. I'm not saying that I'm a, uh, yeah, I just hate it.
0: I could chat with you for hours. You're one of the great storytellers. You're one of the genuine good people over the journey that I've met. And we appreciate your time over the last hour. He's sharing your story. I know you were surprised coming in with the words inspiring. (laughs) But you are inspiring. For a skinny kid with bad ankles, you've got nothing but applaud it for people who've looked after you and I suppose in summary that's all you want in your football career and, and your life in general for people good people to help you through your career and your return in spades
1: yeah it's been
0: good fun Greg Harding joining us Inspiring Sports Stories thanks to Bauer O'Day because the little things are ever thanks for your company and if you want to hear any of our Inspiring Sports Stories you can always go to the SEN of course uh, webpage and the like and the app and download any of our past Inspiring Sports Stories thanks to Barra and O'Day